CHP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode. Hello, you golfing legends. Are you ready to go off course? Joining me today, once again, uh, half villain, half, I would say, celebrated victor of many THP events <laughs> is Mr. Jason Finley of LA Golf. How are you, Finley? I'm great. How are you, sir? You know, uh, I was... I wasn't aware we we're going to do this show. I'm, I'm thrilled to have you on again. Obviously, you got some cool products coming out, but I was really excited at the idea of talking to you after a loss. Although I know, typically speaking, you've got plenty of good stuff after a win as well. So you're coming off fresh off a Goat Cup victory. Uh, you now have two rings to your name in the Goat Cup. How many is? What's the most that anybody else has? I would I would assume two. Um, well, there's only one other person that has two, and I think it's just because he's riding my coattails. But uh, yeah, that is right. There is two, um, but only one has won their singles match, right? Uh, yeah, clearly. <laughs> well, what did you think this year? You guys were at Arbor Links, which looks like an unbelievable dormy club course. How how was that? Uh, it was a great spot. You know, they do a they do an awesome job of. You know, they're, they're really perfect for those types of events, you know, small kind of intimate groups. And um, I, I like a, I like them a lot. I, I liked uh, personally speaking, um, I, I like this one a lot better than than where we were last year when I was with you. Um, I just I just like the golf course a, a little bit better. I think it was more I kind of judge golf courses and what I would call it was a very much an everyday golf course, you know, the kind of golf course you can play every day and. You know, while it's not like a pushover, it's not going to kick in your teeth either. Um, and I mean, there's certainly spots to get in trouble, but um, I thought it was just a fun, you know, golf course, mm. certainly for for match play provided a lot of uh, fun, too. So so um, comparatively, you're you're comparing that to Ballyhack, which was the yep. played host to the Goat Cup last year. Uh, the Goat Cup is a collaboration between THP and Callaway. Uh, last year, it included a whole bunch of golf balls and a sweet new bag, which I'm currently rocking the paradigm style. Uh, absolutely love that colorway. Uh, and um, yeah, it was a it was a battle last year and it ended in a tie, a rare tie. Yeah, yep. uh, I think Finley was either tired or he had a flight to catch. Otherwise, I don't think that would have ever happened. Uh, well, but, I can only control so much. <laughs> but lo and behold, uh, after his clubs finally showed up, he he put on a show as usual and yeah, I didn't have to play a rental set this year. That was good. That was a good start. So, yeah, it's curious because Ballyhag is a Lester George design. Uh, I'm not particularly familiar with George, but I am familiar with Palmer, who designed Arbor Lynx. And, and I've always been incredibly fond of the idea that I think Arnie is very fair off the tee and then forces you to do something special to to put up a number. Uh, you know, we we followed along in the forum a lot and had a great time you know, seeing the banter coming out, a lot of photos, which are actually absolutely beautiful. Um, two questions for that. Number one, I assume the wind when it blows there would be absolutely vicious based on the way it was presented. Um, and number two, was there really good golf played there? Um, I think good is a relative term. Um, there were some good matches, I guess I'll say. Um, th- I, I saw mean- a lot of net birdies, Finley. It was it got pretty intense. I think one of the uh, day ones, there was like a string of net birdies on the back nine for one of the groups that was just, 
it, it would have been brutal to play against. Absolutely brutal. Yeah, I, I mean, look, there, there's 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 ways to get it right. That kind of goes to my original feedback on the golf course that it, it's it's gettable if you hit good shots and make some putts, right? So, and I think that's fun, particularly for this type of format, right? So, um, yeah, there was, and certainly, I mean, I tend to to look at gross score more than I do net score, but um, yeah, there there definitely were some some net some net scores out there. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, even that is kind of hard to look at because when you're in that match play environment, it almost doesn't matter what the the score is, you know. So um, all you got to do is is win your match. So it's going to change your mindset in some cases. Of you know, if I'm if I'm in the middle of the fairway and my partner's already hit it in the in the gunch, well, I'm going to hit a different shot than um, I maybe would try to otherwise, you know. So. Or the other way around. I'm not just picking on my opponents, but um, <laughs> okay. I think that's what, you know, part of what is hard to, to necessarily look at in that environment. But even, yeah, you're right. There were some some net birdies made and uh, there was some some good, you know, comebacks and golf being played um, for, for sure. Was there a, a hole that really stood out to you? One of the things that stood out to me as a sp- an online spectator. So not necessarily getting to see it, but reading it and seeing some of the photos was early on. I think one of the first couple holes, there's a drivable par four. And I mean, drivable, like you have to hit over top of, I'm assuming brush and trees and hope to God you've put it online. Is that true? Uh, well, I think it's, it's drivable for a few select key individuals. Um, for are you us- turning, are you tooting the tutor horn? I'm saying it was not drivable for me is what okay. I'm saying. Fair enough. Um, so it's like what? 270 to front front edge or something. I, like that? I have no idea because in my group, there was no discussion of said play even right okay. in my enough. group. It was hit something 200 yards and you're going to have less than a hundred in. So um, I don't even know what it was to be honest with you. And it was never a consideration okay. uh, in, in my group, but um, it definitely uh, is something that, um, you know, it, in the right spots could, could, I mean, I could see where it would be drivable for, for Austin, for example, Gotcha. Um, maybe even, you know, my partner could have, if we would have known differently the way, you know, that it was going to play out, but, um, but you know, was there, I, was there a hole that was truly memorable, memorable for you? One that really stuck out? Cause uh, I mean, that that's belly hack to me to a T like belly hack has 10 memorable holes visually. Yeah. You know? Um, I think the like eighth and ninth holes are really good there. I think um, there's a par three. It's probably number 11 uh, is a pretty good hole. Um, I don't frankly remember a whole lot after um, 15 because I didn't, don't think I ever played them. Um, but uh, I remember driving through at least the 18th hole. It looked like a good hole um, <laughs> there as well. <laughs> So if we're playing the Finley drinking game at home, that's two that you owe him at this point. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that the audience would like that one. I mean, and facts are facts at the end of the day. So so number 11, Finley, was that the par three that has a bit of an eight ball design to it? And if yep. it wasn't a long hole, but if you missed on the front side in any direction, it was a disaster trying to make par. Yeah, um, I, I certainly can envision that you could get some... Uh, big numbers and be playing bingo, bango bongo there for sure. Um, <laughs> luckily uh, I was on the green both times. So 
Um, I didn't have to worry about it as much. Uh, the but the first the first time we played it with a front hole, it's a pretty small area, so I kind of hit it in the a little long in the middle. I was kind of in between clubs and hit the longer one just to make sure I got got back there. But um, yeah, it was a really you know cool hole in that you know. I kind of think that's the way shortish, whether it's a drivable par four or short par three, right? Those are the ones that you you can have a somewhat of a challenging green or something like that to to take length out of the uh, equation. So I thought it was a it was a really cool little hole. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that was uh, visually, anyways, one of the things that that I noticed. That you look at that, and you're just like, oh man, I better hit a good shot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk a bit about. Um, I mean, I mean, you could go on about your endless victories at THP events if, if you want to. We've got plenty of time, but yeah, you know, I would imagine you're so comfortable with it now. It's just you know another check mark on a big list. Yeah, so, I, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm gonna I don't know how it's gonna go for me when I ask for a bigger office or desk so I can have more room for my hardware that I keep winning. But yeah, I, I was joking with uh, with JB playing in every one of these. Uh, I feel like at one point one of you two are gonna be Tom Brady. You, you every single finger is gonna have a ring on it. And <laughs> it's like all right, maybe we change maybe we change a trophy up next year to like uh, you know a big head or something like a Finley head. Well, I I told him after after we get to ten. Um, maybe we'll start going to like toe rings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you went all the way to toes. You, you know, anyways. Yeah, we well, can go to bracelet, necklace. <laughs> I got plenty of a pen. I mean, I already have a nice belt that I have, so. Crown, maybe. Uh, we need to talk about that, all right? So the belt he's referring to is currently under Callaway ownership, incorrectly, I believe. It was, uh, it was improperly returned disappointingly returned uh he's talking about the granddaddy belt and and it's kind of been a long going joke between him and i that uh you know that uh, can we can we at least talk like about a timeshare like i feel like winning one of them earns me at least two days with it a year you had your chance with it what (laughs) what do you mean you had it when you owned it and your team has continued to lose it. Yeah, I, I've been trying different ways each year to uh, talk the squads up. It just seems like Callaway always brings a, a slightly different dynamic to the story uh, and continues to put it's on a the show. Same dynamic. It's just about winning. Yeah, well, that's semantics there, you know. <laughs> oh. Uh, speaking not- of the granddaddy, though, are, are you getting a little bit excited knowing that, uh, I mean, it's certainly not, around the corner but you know start of december every year there's a big conversation in callaway is who gets to go number one uh and number two who who has to ride with you i mean who who gets to carry the belt home is what i was going to say i don't know Mm. what i was saying there but uh, i mean at some point i mean jb bought this nice champagne to celebrate if you guys ever won and it's just taking up space in my office for now so it'll be here if it ever happens should have been an aged bourbon or something at this point. <laughs> well, uh, interestingly enough, I believe there are, I think, six spots to go for this year's granddaddy team. It's looking to be shaping up pretty nicely. You got some big hitters out there. You got some uh, a little bit of that foreign dynamic going on. The recent addition is from that uh, collective up north that I like to call Canada. Uh, you getting excited, though? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's, to me, it's one of my favorite times of the year. I mean, all we can kid about it all we want, but 
um, I think it, you know, it's, it's something that I'm obviously super passionate about. And I think, you know, just, just seeing the way that, you know, people react to it and, and seeing kind of their perceptions when it's happening, those that are lucky enough to be there, I think, you know, both that's our side and, and, and the THP side, I think, you know, to, to continue to see that. And I'm sure, you know, just like there'll be, you know, 12 people that have never experienced it or 13 from the, or 12 that have never experienced it from the THP side. Well, you know, I, I don't know yet, but I'm guessing we'll have a couple on our side that haven't experienced it before. And to, to see, you know, it through their eyes is always something that, that I obviously enjoy. And, you know, while I certainly enjoy the winning part, um, I think that just the overall experience is great for, for all of us involved. And that includes those of us on the Callaway team. So do you have kind of the majority say as to who gets to go from your side? Um, I, the final say is going to be Nick's, right? Because it is the, the marketing team proper that um, makes up the, the team and that's his, his department. I'll usually go to him with a recommendation and kind of some of the logic um, that I have for that. Um, frankly, it is getting harder because more and more people you know, have obviously seen us, those of us that have gotten to be a part of it, talk about it and hear us talking about it. So everybody wants to be a part of it. And unfortunately we have a lot of people that don't get to be a part of it. So, um, it is, it is not an easy thing to do. Um, and contrary to, to popular belief, we don't just hire people to, to have them play in the granddaddy once a year. You know, it is a special Kim, Kim Johnson. <clears throat> yeah. Um, <laughs> She is pretty good at her job too, luckily. So um, it all, it all works together, but um, you know, it is, it is something that, you know, we do have, you know, a lot of angst about actually who, who actually participates in it. I'm just trying to imagine headquarters around like September, early October, you, you show up on a Thursday morning. There's like a little Valentine's card slid under your door. Okay. Family, you look great yesterday. I just want to let you know. Let's uh, let's be clear. Nobody's <laughs> saying that about me. <laughs> well, it's probably because I don't work there. So, yeah, <laughs> the granddaddy is a special thing. It, it's cool. I, what I like about your side is there is some tenure there and there's some yep. genuine excitement that goes along with it. Yep. Um, this understanding that there's like a personal ownership in the experience that guys have, not just let's go out and, and, and have a great time, but let's go out and prove the granddaddy to be what it is though it's what's repeated every year why thp has threads that have climbed i believe over twenty thousand posts in in a number of years like there's a reason why people flock to that conversation of that mm -hmm. that experience it's not like it's not like it's a tour event but for us it's like the grand experience so yeah and we you that, know even even on our side we say that i mean that there's, there's no BS in that when we say it to, to you guys when you walk in the room, right? And I say you guys collectively as you being someone that's been a part of it, mm -hmm. right? That, I mean, that's our that's our objective and that's our goal. Just like if we're, you know, working on a new product that we want to gain X percentage market share points with or whatever, or, you know, X dollars with, it's we want to create the best amateur golf experience that there is anywhere out there. And, and we, we remind our team of that as we get ready for it before you get here and that that's our goal and that's our that's our job for that week and forever modifying it too i, I look at all the changes since my year and not just to the overall experience like it, that's the funny part it started what 2013 
I think that yep. was the first year. Mm-hmm. And I was a part of it, I believe, in 2016. And, you know, seeing the changes, not just from what you guys do, but use, utilizing your time and um, the changes that have occurred over at ECPC, which have improved some of the fittings, especially putter fittings, like exponentially. Mm-hmm. That's the fun part for me. It's like, what do these guys have up their sleeve? I was really intrigued by the one year that we had a, a strong squad show up and you made them run through the rain and tried to injure them all. That was pretty funny. Uh, you know, very, very solid Vegas odds after that play. But mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's always fun to see that evolution, that that story. Um, and my final question is before we move on to some of your new products is, do you feel like the, the hideaway has a true granddad, granddaddy identity now? I, I know there was some speculation there for a bit as to where it would be played. And it seemed like it was it went back there. But you know, everyone talks about the hideaway and it almost becomes synonymous with the granddad experience. Yeah. Um, I think in general, yes. Um, you know, it's not without its, its challenges, right? Like, um, you know, I don't know if many people publicly know this, but, um, lay who is the head, who was the head professional there has left. Right. So, um, it'll have a new dynamic this year, um, for us to deal with, um, a new pro and a new kind of management team there, a couple of the other pros, uh, are gone too. So, you know, it, it's evolved. And, and even, you know, back in your day, it was Matt Wood who was there, who's, you know, moved on and passed the torch to lay and the, the same thing will happen again. So um, we hope it stays there forever. Um, there's no guarantee of it, right? We're, we are at the end of the day, guests of theirs, right? Um, so, you know, there's no guarantees about anything in life, but certainly there's no guarantees that we're always going to go back to the hideaway. I hope we can, you know, forever, but um, I, I do think it's become, you know, synonymous with it, just like Al has. Right. And yes. over time has developed to be a, a really huge part of that. And to the point where, you know, I'll talk to him multiple times during the year uh, about it and, you know, how, how, you know, we're going to do it differently the next year and things like that. And I've already had those conversations with him uh, for this year. So um, yeah, I, I think hopefully it always is there, but there's no, it's not like they're one and the same. If if it had to be somewhere else, it has to be somewhere else, and the granddaddy will live on. It just it would take take on a slightly different approach, right? There's there's little things that have become so well known as part of it, whether it's breakfast sliders or <laughs> yeah, you know, now going through the sneaky snack or the blueberry lemonades or whatever it is, right? Um, that if you went somewhere else would potentially be different. But you know, kind of as you see, even at some of the other events, everything has their kind of uniqueness to each one. So mm-hmm. um, we'll find a way to, to make it good wherever we do it. Yeah, you said there's no guarantees of the Granddad, and I like that. Granddaddy X, new winner this year. No guarantees, my man. No, no, there isn't. I mean, there there's no, I mean, every year we go through this, right? So, um, and let's, let's be honest. It's not a um, cheap endeavor for us either. Yeah, it's, it's time for THP to get it back. That's all I'm saying. We can move on, but it's time. Like ten years, you, you've won too many. It's it's time for us to get it back. That's I don't a shout think out. Won enough. We lost one year. That yeah yeah you did. Uh, that's a shout out to all the guys on the team. I hope you guys are putting the work in this year, getting to know some Callaway products. I want you to go there and let them know. And and I got Finley just kind of staring me down right now, but that's what I want. I want to see it. And in December when it's cold here and I'm miserable and freezing, and you're hanging out wherever you're hanging out smacking them around letting them know let 
this this is the moment right here. We all get better from now. So, Finley, let's talk about golf balls. Okay. <laughs> this is my kind of segue. Yeah. <laughs> Mine so too. You, yeah. You have uh, actually a couple new models out. The newest being the Truvis True Track, which um, I actually had an opportunity to check them out on my golf course this this weekend. And I was really impressed with just how well they visually line up the golf ball. It, I don't want to criticize Truvis. There was just there, to me, there was always an awful lot going on, and that sort of uniformity to the lines that have been created in this particular USA model is it was actually really pleasing to my eye, which I didn't expect. So, do you want to uh, share some of the thoughts process has yeah. gone around? Uh, you've obviously changed the shape around a little bit to accommodate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, True Track is a kind of the what I would say is the next in the you know um, designs that we've developed. Um, you know, I think this year from us, you've seen three uh, new kind of designs in this you know visual optical area. Um, in addition to to what we already had with Truvis and Triple Track. And to your point, right? A lot of people really liked Truvis. Um, we obviously, you know, saw that, listened to a lot of the feedback, positive and negative about it, um, did the same on, on triple track, which has become a huge part of, of our line in general. And I would say, you know, even you see a lot of it, even on tour today, um, you know, people that aren't playing our ball or, or aren't playing, you know, triple track on our ball are now marking their ball more that way and things like that. So, um, you know, <laughs> I, I just want to pause and say that every time I get a ball that's not a ta- a Callaway that's marked like a triple track, Finley gets a text for me. I just want to be clear on that. He hates it. I'm pretty sure. He, or or you're uh, you're proud that your design has had such an impact on the other designers. <laughs> no, I, I think I think it's um, it's great because it does work, right? It it proves the concept out on its own, right? Um, but you know, as we we started to look at at new designs. You know, I think one of the things that that frankly, all three of these new designs that we have this year with True Track uh, being the one we're talking about right now, 360 Triple Track is another example of this, and then also the the ERC Soft 360 Fade that we did, um, which I know you have big problems with the name, but um, it's good good thing that uh, we have people that are capable of doing that um, outside of you. But I, I do think that, you know, the, if you look at all of them, they're all rooted in helping people, uh, aim and perform better. And some people do that different ways. Right. And to your point on looking at the, the USA true track, there's a lot that goes into these designs. Right. And I mean, we made literally hundreds of prototypes that we were, you know, refining and looking at and all the way from, kind of the, the the pattern itself and the position of those patterns. So we went from 12 pentagons to eight hexagons. Um, and part of the reason for that was wanting to have the alignment of those shapes um, work better uh, in service of alignment and the roll feedback that you get. Um, and then the, the hexagon also provided the opportunity for that straight edge on the bottom of the design. So to your point, not only is the line there, but you have the straight edges on the bottom of the shapes, um, which also helps. Um, I was actually having this conversation with, with Neville today. 
who's been a longtime triple track user. Um, shocking, I know, that he would have some sort of training aid or alignment gizmo, but um, he was actually trying to understand why he's liked the true track so much. And one of the things we we talked about was he thinks it just frames his, his eye better even than, than it does with triple track because um, he's talked about how good he's been putting with it. So I think the position, the shape, the design itself um, with the two colors and, you know, increasing our capabilities there really helps with, with what you're seeing as it rolls. And then overall, the size of the hexagon is slightly smaller um, on the ball itself. Um, you know, and, and there is a lot in the, the colors that we chose as well with the, the high contrast between those colors, similar to what we talked about originally on, on triple track. That's really fascinating. I mean, there's so much about that, that I look down and it, it's just, I I've always putted played with an empty spot on the ball. I've never been a line guy, never, never been an alignment guy. So when Truvis came out, it was really fun to practice putting with him. You get a, an incredible amount of feedback with that, but it, it when it came to play it, it I, I hate to use the word distracting, but having used nothing mm-hmm. for so long, it was like, there was, quite a bit more going on. Now it's not to say I didn't use them. They, they were a lot of fun to use. And I think they're great, especially in the off season. Uh, but I never really adapted to it. The USA one is the first one I looked at. I was like, yeah, like I could really see this working out. And, and I wonder yeah. it does it have like for a guy like me who is a little bit uh, conscious of the visuals on top of the balls, having those lines struck through the USA logo, it, I feel like that breaks it up enough to where it still maintains its shape but it's not like a total blotch on the ball. Is there logic built into that too? A little bit, but part of that is the the multiple colors. So we have a, another one coming um, next month, uh, which will be a red and blue uh, one, which is kind of more of a pixelated design, I would call it. Cool. And and even seeing the, the two different colors, right, your eye is going to always be drawn to one of those as the dominant color. Um so I, I think it'll have a very similar effect uh, for you as well. That's actually the version that, that Madeline Sagstrom has been playing on the LPGA Tour. And she kind of helped us test and evaluate this a little bit as well. So I have seen some different variations of color on triple track. Is that more of like a, a custom one-off types of runs? Or are you testing the waters on like a sort of my triple track experience type of thing? <laughs> Um, a little bit, um, it is a little more, it's easier in some regard and it's more complicated in some regard. So, um, you know, we have a custom Truvis program today where we have about, I think it's upwards of 30 colors that you can choose from as you, as you do that. Um, so clearly we have all the inks and the ability to do it with, with triple track. Um, there are two primary challenges to that, however, um, one of which is, at the end of the day, triple track um, really works best with, with the high contrast colors, right? So um, that's not to say it doesn't work. If you don't have that high contrast, it just doesn't work as well, right? So mm-hmm. for instance, if you did a black and a charcoal, well, it's still three lines, which you know you can argue on its own is better than one, but it's not going to work as good as you do something that's very high contrast, like red and blue, for example. Um, but the other piece of it that within, this is where it differs from Truvis is that's viewed as a, as a unique alignment marking by the USGA. 
So if we were to do a custom triple track uh, scenario, we would have to have each possible combination listed as a model on the conforming list. And uh, we all know how the internet works with how much criticism we get for number of models we have on conforming lists. Um, so that would be uh, pretty significant. And, and it comes at a significant cost to get those balls listed as well. So um, yeah, we have tested it in a few areas, you know, ERC soft Reva, for example, we have different colors, but um, again, very high contrast, differing colors there. Um, and we are, you know, prototyping a few others that we might uh, end up listing, but I would be surprised if you see us going to 30 different color combinations that you could have. Okay. That's fair. Is there anything that goes along with um, like being colorblind or anything like that? Is, does red and blue have an impact on something like that or is it unchanged? Uh, I don't, I, I couldn't answer that without making something up. So I will choose not to answer <laughs> it. Um, All right. Let me ask you a question you do know then. Yeah. You know how you guys have Toulon's garage, right? Is there going to be like a Finley's factory web part of the website soon? No. Well, <laughs> come on, man. There may be a custom, uh, more custom options available, but it will not okay. include my name. Well, I promise you that. It, I'll leave that to <laughs> other egos. I may be accused of having a large ego, but not that large. Uh, only individualized. Yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm. uh, th so that's interesting. And, one thing I've noticed is you guys have so much freedom with these presses and the ability to print onto golf balls. We've seen countless versions. I mean, you guys just did a, a, a I'm assuming a bit of a one-off experience from the Goat Cup with a Goat logo as opposed to a, a number on the ball, which was absolutely wicked. Uh, I'm not sure if that contest is still going on, but I know THP was giving some away, I think, on Instagram, probably on a couple of their socials. So if that's not, well... This will be running a little bit later. So sorry you missed out on that one. But, you know, it's it's just fun to see it. You've got, I think I saw tacos on the website. So you have uh, the custom printed tacos. And I, I'm assuming this is all just testing the waters for the next iteration of potential, right? Like, it, is, there's, is there an idea that you're constantly planning to evolve this or are you just having some fun? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both, to be, to be honest. So... Um, in the, in the case of the three designs that, you know, we talked about that are, I would say more, uh, utility, um, in terms of true track, 360 triple track and, and, uh, 360 fade, those are born of the idea of, you know, keeping our leadership position in that space, right. Of providing not only some, let's call it unique, uh, visual alignment, but but something that provides some some benefit to the golfer in their game. Um, so that that that's one side of it. And then the other side is more just the, the fun side of it. Right. So whether it's putting a, a shamrock on a golf ball or a taco or a couple that we are doing uh, coming up later this year in the Supersoft family, which are more just logo golf balls, that, that that's more in service of just having a little fun, okay. uh, I would say. But. Um, yeah, the way we did, you know, true track, which we, we, we would classify as a, as a drop, which we, we made a certain number of, and when they're gone, they're gone. Um, I'd be lying to you if it wasn't also a little bit of a market test to see what reaction was to it, um, in a grander scale. And if people really like it, then does it have a place in our line going forward? 
And is that in addition to or in replacement of something? Um, and that's what, you know, part of my job is every single day, um, outside of, of course, being on with fabulous gentlemen like yourself. <laughs> Burning the midnight oil. So yeah. I have two questions for that. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's a really fascinating thing. Number one, one of my takeaways from this whole process is you've established ChromeSoft to a point where people have genuine confidence in the product. And there are three different versions of that ChromeSoft that people can get really excited about and get fit into. Um, it, it's I'm assuming it feels good considering when I was last in California playing golf at the hideaway, X was just coming out probably to accommodate the tour and there was still a lot to be proven in the Chrome soft space. So, I mean, that, that has to be very, that, that has to feel like a big accomplishment that you are so thrilled with those balls that you're, you're starting to focus on other things as well, such as alignment and things to inherently improve an already yeah. great product. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we're, you know, yes, we've, we've done some really good work in that area, but we're by no means even close to where we want to be there. So I, I would say it, it, it's both, right? We're still uber focused on the product performance. And I think this is just an additional layer to that, right? Okay. So, um, you know, we could have the best visual alignment type of aids in the world. And if you put it on a bad product, it's not going to matter. Mm -hmm. um, so at the end of the day, it is still about the product above and beyond all else. Um, and these are what I view as nice additions to that product. Um, but, you know, as our CEO has, has liked to tell us over and over again, that, you know, good products gain market share. And this is just one element of it being a good product, right? And and the mm -hmm. choice, right? So we we could be criticized for the amount of choice that we have in our line, um, but we do that because as soon as I don't make a Chrome Soft X, for example, in Truviz, what's the first thing I see? What's the first thing I hear is why isn't there a Truviz in? You know, shout out Mike G. I'm going to hear why you know Truviz isn't available on Chrome Soft X. Um, but, but, you know, we have to make those choices based on what, what sells the best. Right. And, okay. um, you know, you only have so many spots on a retail shelf and in a shop at Greengrass. Right. So, um, those are decisions that we have to make, um, you know, and, and you're always going to have what I call the, the vocal minority. Right. And the example that we always use to compare that to is center shafted putters. Right. Like we always hear like, Oh, I wish you had a more center shafted model. So then we'll, overcompensate and we'll do a couple center shopped in models and we sell 14 of them. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just, you know, a balancing act of making sure that above and beyond all else, the product itself works. Um, but still think we have a lot of room to grow in the, in the ball category for sure. So uh, I know you do some of these limited runs and there's a bit of more freedom for you to experiment, if you will, and see if there's relevance in the lineup. Um, has the shift to more of an online presence for golf purchasing really improved that experience for you and made it a bit easier? Uh, yeah, a little bit, you know, we're, we're testing some ideas on our website, right. Of some of the decorations, right. The Odyssey swirl, uh, we did earlier this year, the Chevron ball, we did, um, uh, one around Valentine's day 
And, you know, we're selling smaller quantities of those because we're just selling them on our on our website. Um, but there is definitely a, a potential, right, that those could end up seeing the light of day for the broader market. Um, once, and we know from those ones that I just mentioned, which ones did better than the others. So we have all that data and being able to get it real time is definitely of, of pretty significant benefit to us. Um, even as I talk about ideas like TrueTrack, right? Being able to monitor uh, the sell-through of that product um, is going to give us that sense on, does it play a role in our lineup for next year? The other takeaway I had from the information you provided not too long ago was, again, circling back to my experience when all of my guys got a chance at the granddaddy to hear your stories and talk with all the big names in the room. Um, discussion came from you about purchasing the very first print on unit and how you kind of get laughed at a little bit, like, oh, it'll never sell and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, eventually you got to buy more and then more and then more. And then it improves and changes. Um, you're getting, you've got to be getting close to closing in on a decade of this concept now. I'd love just general thoughts from you on did you really ever see it getting this crazy and this much of an impact on that? type of thing going on a golf ball no um and i'd be lying to you if i said that i did um you know it it it's become a, a huge part of of what we do um and you know i think it's it's played obviously a very significant role in in how we've been able to to grow this business um here at callaway so it is a, a pretty unique um thing for us that, you know, we've developed a lot of capabilities over the years. Um, and, you know, I, I think even you see it when people talk about, oh, well, this design looks like this design from another person. Well, what is that, that one that you're saying that it looks a lot like, well, what did that one look a lot like? Um, so, and without getting into any specifics, I'm sure you can figure that out, but, um, you know, being, being the leader in that space, you're always going to get people to, to try and, you know, especially when they see that it works, um, you're going to see ideas like that. All right. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of putters out in the universe that look like a number seven and look like an answer and, you know, all that. So, um, but, you know, being, being the ones ahead of the game, I think allows us to, to, to stay on top of it. And that's part of what you're seeing from us this year is with these three new designs is continuing to evolve on that and, and continue to get better. The more we learn, how to take full advantage of those machines that we have. And, you know, that experience has been what's allowed us to develop these different capabilities. And there also adds a little bonus element of the brand recognition. I mean, it's so obvious when you see triple track, it's so obvious when you see Truvis. I was playing with uh, our buddy, Neil Exthor, uh, who I like to call Grant uh, like last week. And he had one of the 360 balls. And it's clear as day what golf ball he's using. You don't have to ask because you already know. Yep. I think back to some of the products that you see on tour that it's so unbelievably clear who designed them, where they came from, um, and where, where you can get them. Uh, I would imagine that's a really nice added benefit to it, but I, I can't think that that's you know, the primary goal. There's just a, an added bonus, yeah? Yeah, no, I think... I think the the fact that the majority of them, right, save the, you know, the ones like where we're putting a taco logo on the ball, um, you know, they're they're providing some utility to the golfer as well, right? And that it's helping them align better. And, you know, to my going back to my D Nev's example, 
you know, for him, that's a, that's a really big deal. It may not be for you, um, but we also have a solution for you with a more plain ball. So um, we, we have it both ways. And when you have a, you know, high performance ball that you can get multiple different ways, it just gets even more people in to your product. And, and I think the other kind of benefit that that's kind of hard to measure is how many people have tried our ball when they've been trying, whether it's TrueViz or Triple Track or one of those things, and then realize, oh, wow, this is a pretty good ball and it has this thing. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think we've we've benefited from, from a trial perspective on our products because that's one of our biggest battles is just getting people to try our products because particularly in this category where there is a almost a default um, in the market that we're trying to break, that's been a great way for us to, to do that. So would you say in, in a, even a small percentage, having those types of things almost markets itself naturally? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I've noticed just being in golf from a consumer, a customer, a golfer standpoint is people talk about unique things. If, if you have a shaft that's a certain color or has a crazy finish, you immediately get questions about it. If you're... Mm-hmm putters of a different color or something like that you get a question about there are things that people flock to that uh it's just a natural thing even if it's not so you get a guy who's very adamant about one brand and then you show up and you've got uh you know tacos on your golf ball they're gonna say you know let me see that golf ball (laughs) he doesn't care how it performs he wants to see the tacos and then from there it goes into all right maybe i'll roll a couple with that kind of thing that's that's a really fascinating thing. And I feel like with golf balls, how challenging that market has to be, that's got to be such a nice added little bonus there for you. It does. And particularly with something that, you know, forever, they, they all generally look the same, right? Like, I mean, they're, they're round white objects. Um, You know, we've, we've kind of always had a, not always, but for a long time, I've had a unique position, at least with our, you know, arrow pattern with being the hexes. Um, which has given us a point of differentiation, but still, you know, most people, not most, but a lot of people would look at that and not even notice it anymore because they're just so used to it on a Callaway ball. But, um, you know, there, there's not a lot of ways to, to clearly define that. And I mean, just look across any consumer good today, right? The, the amount of ways that people want to show their own individual style or spirit or, just being different um, in everything that they do, whether it's wraps on cars or, you know, unique accessories that you add to your car or, you know, taking, you so, s- using things outside of the golf world, right. That, that, that's the way people are these days. So shoes or shoelaces or whatever it may be um, you see a lot of that. So it's definitely, you know, staying on top of those types of trends too. Are you saying you wrap the Finley mobile? That's sick. No, I drive a white, SUV with standard rims and tires and pretty, pretty stock uh, product like my golf bag. I remember being in like in high school and you saw a golf ball that was a number that wasn't one through four and you were fascinated by it. (laughs) Think of how much has changed. (laughs) So uh, the other thing I wanted to tell you, Finley, is I have played 100% a Chrome soft all year. It's been fun so far. It's been a good experience. My biggest disappointment was that i had played one for it was like two and a half rounds so i was cruising into like my 60th hole and it got lost into some heather i was so mad 
but durability wise, like I was impressed, you know, it, it took a beating from some wedges, which will happen over 50 holes. Um, there was a shallow bunker that attacked it pretty hard, <laughs> which was unfortunate, but like I, I was really, in the bunker. Well, yeah, that that's what I was saying. But yeah. uh, obviously I wasn't playing that bad if I had it for 60 holes. But, you know, the takeaway that I had was I, I, I can't be anything less than impressed with the durability. And, and I'm curious to know how much time you guys spend focusing on things like durability when it comes to a urethane product. Uh, a ton, you know, it, it's, um, I would say that's on the, um, definitely on the high side of what, uh, most people are able to get out of a, a golf ball. Um, so kudos to you in that regard, but, um, it is a, it is a big thing for us because people have the expectation that, you know, it, they, they don't want to see any durability challenges and that's our, that's our goal. Right. Um, I guess, depending on how you look at it, fortunately or unfortunately, People tend to lose them before they they get to that um, point uh, in most cases. Um, but it also is changing the world a little bit in that, you know, you get more people that are, um, I would say, you know, practicing more and, and that could come to life, you know, hitting balls into a net or with an indoor launch monitor or with any of those things. And that, that, that presents a very difficult um, challenge uh, in the durability space as well, because that is really about the worst case scenario that you can find. Right. So um, it, it is, you know, it is something that's a, that's a huge part of our development cycle um, that you have to not only make the products perform, um, but be, you know, durable to, to any set of different circumstances and, and the conditions in which you play are very different than the conditions in which I play, which are different from somebody else and the way they play. So um, both from how we, you know, attack the ball and, um, the conditions in which we're playing, because that can all impact the performance of the ball. Yeah. Do you think there's any truth to the rumor that the longer you, the short, the newer the golf ball in play, the better chance you have of losing it? <laughs> <laughs> well, personally, I, I really am a big fan of when people lose golf balls because yeah. I call that good for business. Especially in the water, right? <laughs> or anywhere. I, I don't, I don't, I, if they have to buy more, that's good. That's good for my kid's college fund. Speaking of kids, everyone doing good at home? Uh, yeah, yeah, very good. Thank you. Um, awesome. I got I got one off at uh, college, so he's coming home here shortly, and then um, one about ready to graduate from high school, so headed off to college next year. So wow, uh, we're about to be empty nesters. Wow, you, I don't know all this extra time. Yeah. yeah, I don't you I don't know it. if she's prepared for that, but we'll uh, we'll make do. <laughs> you might have to play more than five rounds of golf a year now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you're a, you're a big sports guy, right? What's the big team that you chase? Uh, mostly now it's the Padres, um, okay. which has been a little dicey so far this year, but, um, definitely a, a big Padres fan as a lifelong San Diego guy. Um, football, I tend to root for whoever the chargers are playing. Um, and, um, my fantasy football team. So yeah, always a battle against Morgan, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, I would say that, uh, that's, that's become my big thing and literally just watching the chargers implode every week and knowing how much it used to bother me. Um, and now I just get to laugh at it as, as no longer a fan. Uh, I, I quite rather enjoy that, especially nice. with somebody here in the office that, 
tends to live and die like I used to on it. No, that's awesome. Well, I've been watching all the Blue Jays games this year, so if they play the pods this year, I'll be uh, I'll be bugging you a little bit, especially all if right. they if, especially I'll, if they I'll beat be them. I don't want to talk to you if they lose. <laughs> hey, Finley, I always have such a blast having you on, man. You're the best. Um, THP surely appreciates the the direct connect to you. Is there no any any final thoughts you want to throw at them or ask questions to me before I let you go? I don't think so. I think, you know, just, I, I think in general, you know, I, 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 I love uh, what THP has developed because I think of it, you know, the way I describe it to people, even as I, you know, I, I was, I went to Omaha ahead of the goat cup because I have a niece that lives there and she was like, why are you here? Right. It's not exactly <laughs> a thriving uh, metropolis for golf. And I described what I was doing and, um, you know, I, the way I kind of describe it as a, a community of golfers. And I, I think that's great. Right. And I think seeing the relationships that, that people have with each other and seeing, you know, we, we all kind of have fun with the personalities of it and all that, but seeing the way that the community, literally that the community comes together um, in support of those events is, is something that it's so fun to be a part of. And, you know, we can make fun of it and call it the lunatic fringe and all that stuff. Um, but which is, which lunatic, is fair <laughs> that, that lunatic fringe is what pays my paycheck every day. Right. And I know that, and that doesn't get lost on me. So that's why I tend to probably pay more attention to it than most. Cause I know, you know, for, I, I am one of those people myself. Right. And I don't know that I'm passionate enough about anything to be participating in an online community, but if I was, it certainly would be golf. And I think just to see how people have reacted to it and, and the way they come into these events, like they're so meaningful to them, I, I think is is great. So that's why I love being a part of them. So just awesome. keep up, keep that up. And uh, anything I can do to, to help anybody, I'm, I'm always here. Yeah, you will find him on the THP forum, whether that's good, bad, or ugly. Most times good, every once in a while ugly, but only when he needs to prove a point. So go find him on there. We will have a thread up there uh on thp talking about this show if you have any questions about uh Trivish true track maybe the new 360 that uh the fade ball which is a little bit terrifying because i i'm terrified of the fade but uh, it's not what the design's for <laughs> go go give us a chat there we'll definitely be talking jason have a great one thank you very much yeah if you're out there playing golf this weekend have fun go lose hit find play and buy some Chrome soft. See you next week. THP radio on the hackers paradise podcast network. Your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode.